We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Today is Monday, September 28th. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss. Good grief. It's almost, uh, September's almost over. It's flying here. It's crazy. March seemed like a year and a half. April seemed like about three months, and now it's kind of just back to normal pace. It's funny what happens when you have sports. Yeah, football is really pushing my schedule because it's just every day is a scheduled thing that has to be done. Right. And so it just goes fast because I'm not like really, oh, what do I do today? You know, what's going on today? It's just very regimented in some ways. And uh, I was just I was talking about this on the Real Man Wood podcast that had a little epiphany. It's not like it's kind of Captain Obvious, but kind of struck me that because time moves faster and faster, the older you get. Like every obviously, you know, if you're um, if you're one, then a year is 100 percent of your life. But if you're two, a year is 50 percent of your life. And as you go up, it gets to be a smaller and smaller percentage. So I think that the perception of time gets faster because every unit of time you're experiencing is a smaller and smaller percentage relative to your history. And so if time's moving fast and you're always like, wow, it's October. Wow. It's January. Wow. It's March. Invest, invest in, in projects that deliver over time, whether it's like a garden or something that you're working on like an hour a day that builds into something valuable to you. Like start projects that have like value over time. Obviously the time value of money would be the obvious one, but interest rates are at zero. So that might not be the best example these days, but it's just that everything's moving so fast. You may as well benefit it from it. And the corollary is 
each successive day is a bigger chunk of your remaining time also. Yes, that, that's also true. It, it is like your most valuable resource. You better not waste it. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It's like get ahead, like use it to your advantage. Like do things that put it on your side, not things that uh, put it against you. Yeah, I, that's right. Uh, and yeah, it, it's there's countless ways to waste time. Uh, there's countless diversions in life more than ever. It's very easy to get wasteful of that. Uh, you know, it's funny. You're talking about lack, lack of regimentation. We went from two ext- from polar extremes to, you know, April and May. Like, how are we going to fill two hours of a radio show or an right. hour of a podcast to, oh, I, I can't cover this. I can't cover all that. You know, it's just too much to get through. Uh, so it, it's really kind of funny. You're right. I mean, football, there's, okay, you know, Reaction Monday, Value Meter Tuesday, uh Guess the lines, you know, the show and uh, just the tasks we have, whether it for you, it's like staff picks or East Coast offense or beat the book. You know, it's boom, boom, boom. And, you know, and I just got bait my baseball duties take, you know, done for now. I'm going to be starting up projections before I know. But, you know, I don't have that whole, OK, well, I got to do the podcast. I got to do the value meter in the same day. Oh, you know, how am I going to get that done? I was at the, my most crowded point, and now I just got a release of that, although playoff baseball starting tomorrow, and it's going to be a blast too. So, uh, Especially because for once, since in the first time in like six years, my team is actually playing in them. So seven years, I should say, since 2013. Yeah, it, 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 I, I would watch it anyhow, but now I'm definitely into it. Yeah, uh, the Yankees, I got so many injuries, but we'll see. I, I mean, I'll be into it. I'll probably watch a little bit. Cause it starts late. I'm not going to, I'll never, it, it shows how uh, football biased I am. I'll never like watch on demand a baseball game that's already happened. Whereas I watched the, well, at least it helps that there's the 40 minute version. I wonder if baseball has something like that. They should. We're just like pitch, 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 pitch. It's not like all the in-between stuff. They do a baseball game in half an hour. You can watch it the next day, not know what happened. Yeah, I, I mean, it would be very easy to pull off, uh, you know, you're living overseas or like the Japan game or something like that when they're playing games in Japan. Uh, yeah, it would be very easy to or, to want to not be spoiled and watch it. Or just in season, since like, you know, a lot of times like you watch almost every football game during a week, but baseball, you don't see most of the baseball games and there's too many games going on, but you could just like blitz through the games like, 20 minute game, 20 minute game, 20 minute, like you see all the new pictures, you see how this guy looked coming back from injury. You see, you get so much info now. I mean, with baseball, you do get like Twitter, there'll be clips of pitchers throwing and you can, you can kind of look up any specific thing you want, but I don't know. It probably, it's probably not a big enough audience for that, for them to actually go, go in and edit it. Yeah. Uh, you're probably right about that. Let's uh, jump into the news there. It wasn't as calamitous as last week in terms of injuries, but there's some significant ones. Uh, starting off the Bears, Tariq Cohen has a torn ACL. He's out for the season. Uh, plus, they also named Nick Foles as their new starter. So that's two big things that happened with them. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cohen is one of those guys that you're not that bummed. I mean, you feel bad for the guy, but it's like he was always a guy that you didn't really want to start anyway. So it's like, okay, I'll Except just cut this him. Past week, and you're like, oh, game against I the I did Falcons. start him. Yeah. I did start him. But, I mean, in general, like, the pass catching back that's not getting goal line work very often doesn't get a lot of volume. It's on a bad offense. It's just not a, so now it's like, okay, now I don't have to worry about that. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, big DN, uh, is, uh, 
has taken over for Trubisky and we'll see, you know, he looked terrible with the Jaguars last year and maybe he is terrible, but he's had these, you know, these runs like the, the crazy 27 touchdowns, two picks with the Eagles that year. And then, uh, coming back and winning the Super Bowl and beating Tom Brady when the Patriots are at their offensive peak. It's, uh, who knows, right? He just, he's just an improbable kind of guy. He looked terrible last year with Jacksonville though. He did. He really did. And you know, he, he lost the, there was a job job battle and he lost it to, to Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky. Now, I don't know if there was an incumbency bias or. Yeah. I don't think he lost it. I don't think he lost it. I think, I think that, he didn't decisively win it, I would say. And then they were like, oh, we use the second. We've got to give Trubisky one more shot. And now I think that's the end of Trubisky. Yeah, they might be right about that. That might be the way it went down. Uh, Chris Carson for the Seahawks uh, got diagnosed with a first-degree knee sprain. Uh, it was a dirty tackle. Uh, and I think you know it was uh, – where he got twisted after the whistle uh, by Tristan Hill, the same guy who, by the way, got the personal foul, the hit to the head on Russell Wilson, allowed them to retry the two-point conversion. You know, as it turns out, that wasn't what caused them to lose. They would have lost, you know, because they were they would have been trailing five instead of seven. Right. But it's, it was still like kind of a dunce play. Now Hill didn't get penalized for the hit on Carson. Carson looks like he might be able to play this week again. We'll see what happens after. After practices, usually it's a one to two week timetable. So I would bet that he probably does not play. Yeah. Injury optimism, the Pianowski rule. Don't have it. Be patient. Assume the worst. Assume not necessarily the worst, but assume a below average case scenario. And you'd probably be usually more right more often and not making uh, bad decisions based on it. That's right. Uh, meanwhile, uh, bigger news probably, although Carson is, you know, it's a starter. For somebody, uh, Chris Godwin uh, has, has an MRI scheduled for his hamstring injury. Uh, they, we'll probably hear that sometime after we're done recording today, as that tends to work out. But I, I assume we'll hear that later on in the evening, probably may, maybe Tuesday, tomorrow morning at the latest. The Bucks were a little slow to give the details on his concussion a couple weeks ago, so we'll see. But anytime you get an MRI on a hamstring injury, that's that's pretty bad news. Yeah, I mean MRI the day after the hamstring injury. That means, right? I mean, they're looking to see what the extent of the tear is. Now, maybe they're just super cautious and it's no big deal. But he left the game. I really, it's really bad. I've got him. Luckily, I only have him in one league, but I I ranked him high. Like a lot of people at RotoWire drafted Godwin on my recommendation, and I I, mean, I think it was a good recommendation. But you know, injuries are injuries. But I, I you know, so I'm I'm open more for uh, for that reason that. He's not out long, but hamstring is a chronic lingering type of thing, unlike most concussions. Right. And he suffered them both, so we can compare and contrast. Yeah. Well, I mean, we already know he came back right away from the concussion. It was fine. Right. Now, if he has a a secondary concussion, that might be another problem. Uh, But uh, anyways, uh, there... Yeah, that... So those are the big injury issues. Dallas Goddard was another one that was... uh, you know, that hurt people. John Brown was another. Uh, both, I think, you know, Brown I know got a zero because I had him. Deontay Johnson was a bad one. Yes, that was game. another one. You had that. Did you have that one too in Stake League? Stake League. Deontay Johnson, uh, Saquon Barkley. Obviously, I didn't have him this week, but I did have Melvin Gordon active. It was a bad week for me. I mean, not much I could do. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, you're right about that. Uh, and you're just, especially, you know, if you didn't get Jeff Wilson or if you didn't get uh, Mike Davis, those are the two guys, you know, two of the good pickups this week, at least. Uh, yeah. The, meanwhile, the Giants backfield was a big mess. The, the Giants were a big mess. Devonta Freeman had five carries for 10 yards. Uh, not good. Not good at all. Uh, the, 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 they, it, was a, it was a three-headed monster in so much as there was a running game, although Gallman and Lewis also did very little also. Yeah, I was trying to tell people not to invest very much in that backfield. Not only is it, yeah, there were three guys, at least two for sure, and, and it turned out three, but even Saquon Barkley couldn't get going behind that line. And a lot of people said, oh, well, Saquon's vision isn't very good. He's always running into contact. But it's like, did I watch every game? With the Giants, I don't you know. I don't you put Barry Sanders back there. Put Emmett Smith back there. Put Marshall Falk. Put Jim Brown back there. If you're being met at the point of handoff by a linebacker and a defensive tackle, I don't care who you are. You're getting tackled. It's just there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere. There's not even any speed to be right picked up. I mean, you think oh, if he had better vision, he'd go in a different direction. Problem is, you have to go to where the quarterback is handing the ball to you. You can't just like run backwards 10 yards and go side. You need to get the ball first. And it's right after he gets the ball that these guys arrive. That's yeah. how bad the line is. Yeah. And Bengals have the same problem, you know, and with Joe Mixon, you know, they're, they're right. Ta- you know, the, the guy they got from uh, the, the Texans, uh, Sua F- uh, Filo or, or from the Cowboys, excuse me. He, uh, he's out with an ankle injury. Uh, Bobby Hart is just horrible. And uh, Billy Price is also horrible on that right side. You know, it, it, this is they overpay for Billy Price. You think? Yeah, he was not a bargain. He, he you know, it, it follows a Bengals tra- a tradition of flubbing their first round pick too. John Ross, by the way, was inactive in this game. Healthy, inactive against the Eagles. wasn't nursing an injury this time. They just scratched him. Yeah, that there's three receivers taken in the top ten in 2017. Right, it was 2017. And it was Corey Davis at five, Mike Williams at seven, who's actually good, but they don't throw him the ball, and he got hurt again. And then John Ross at nine. And that was, I mean, three guys in the top ten. And those are not good investments. Nope. And it's funny because everyone's like, never drops a running back. But the running backs, well, Fournette was a terrible pick at four. But McCaffrey was in the top ten, and Kamara was later in the draft, and Kareem Hunt. There's so many good backs. Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones. There's so many great backs. Mixon's another one drafted in that draft. And the top receivers were just all bad. I mean, I think Mike Williams is still good, but, um, but you know, he hasn't done a whole lot. Yeah, that's right. Um, and were those the only three receivers taken their first round too? Uh, uh, there might've been Jones some later in the, the first next round. wide receiver. Yeah. Not good. Curtis Samuel, uh, is the next after that Boy, It's just a bad draft for wide receivers. Although, but, and then there's the Steelers at getting Juju at six pick 62. Right. And, I mean, that's good. But the running backs, it's the greatest running back draft of all time, though. Yeah, it's crazy. The Jets in thir- round three are Darius Stewart. I don't think he's. <laughs> I remember that guy. Yeah. Carlos Henderson. Uh, Boy, it got bad. Oh, there, there's Chris Godwin in the third, though. Yeah. No, so there were a couple of receivers taken later, but the running backs, we just went through them. I mean, the, the first one was the worst. But McCaffrey. I mean, to have a, have a draft, like all the best running backs in the league are like Cook, Aaron Jones, McCaffrey, Kamara. Those are, they're all in that same you know, mix, and they're all in that same draft. I mean, I think Fournette wouldn't have been that bad. He just got hurt too many times, and he's just not the same. Well, I also think he was in Jacksonville, which is a tough place to play. But yeah. it was you know, definitely was. The Giants, geniuses that they were, took uh, Evan Ingram. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, Bengals took Ross. That's that's great. Great job, Bengals. Uh, yeah. It. it, it oh, fun times. Uh, fun times trying to read read uh, everything that they did uh, in that draft. Yeah. John Ross. Joe Mixon though is in that draft. That was good. Jordan Willis, eh, mediocre in the third. Carl Lawson's very good. I like that pick. George Kittle, round five. That was a good pick. There's a couple. There's a couple good ones. Also, uh, Galladay was in that pick yeah, ninety six. That's a really good, you know, skill position draft class. That's for sure. Uh, and you know, some other, you know, Miles Garrett was the first pick in that draft. Solomon Thomas, not such a great pick. Jamal Adams, pretty good pick. Boy, the Jets. I mean, when you, you know, that that should have been our sign too about the Jets, and it was kind of our sign talking about how that once they traded away Adams this offseason, he knew this could be a bad team again this year. Well, Adams was the sixth overall pick in 2017 that totally panned out. He was a Pro Bowl level, arguably best safety in the game type. And they let him, they trade him in Darnold's third season under his rookie contract. And so you're basically surrendering during his third season. Now there's four years and then they get the option for the fifth, right? And the whole point is to get that quarterback in at rookie prices when you're using like the third overall pick and then, you know, then have a huge advantage with the rest of your roster, but they're just like, ah, who cares? And so now Darnold, the way it's looking, I think they're going to draft a quarterback next year, actually. I mean, I think you kind of have to. I'd like to see Darnold in another place. Although he's really, he's really young. He's like, he's like Mixon. He's probably like 22 now or 23. He's really young. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, and you know, like that touchdown yesterday, he looked really good. Now he threw two pick sixes, though. So he gave more than he got. But he's also down to like receivers five, six, and seven. Right. Total scrubs. Braxton Berrios, I mean, probably shouldn't even be in the league. And Braxton Berrios was coming in with a hamstring injury of his own. It was the funny thing. I mean, it's really thin. They don't have Lev Bell as the pass-catching running back. You're using Frank Gore. I mean, this is just – it's really ridiculous what he's dealing with. But, uh, yeah, it would be – it'd be good to see him uh, get a shot elsewhere. I'd love to see the Jets, like, give him up and then hit him just go crazy elsewhere. But it's uh, – those quarterbacks, you got to get – you got to get – they're, uh, you got to get them or get rid of them. You know, you got to get them, get the profit from them, see what they are by year four, give them the contract. If it's Russell Wilson or Pat Mahomes or, you know, one of these great quarterbacks and otherwise just start over. Yep. That's right. Meanwhile, uh, last week, you know, when McCaffrey and Barkley went down, we're like, who's number one overall. It was kind of like debate between Camara and Elliot. It's no longer a debate. So Kamara is so far the number one player. Scott Barrett tweeted out this thing where uh, through three games, Kamara has the second most fan PPR points of all time, second only to Marshall Falk in 2000, where Falk had like 1,000 rushing and receiving and like 20 touchdowns that year. So this is like one of the all-time starts. And I don't really see – I mean, when Michael Thomas comes back, they'll, they won't throw as much to him, but he still can get eight, nine catches in a game. And everything else is going to be more or less the same. So if he stays healthy, it's just he, he's this year's Christian McCaffrey so far. In fact, he has more points through three games than Christian McCaffrey did last year. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, he, he's such a – it's a very – you know, the difference between the two teams is the Saints nominally have a good defense, although they got kind of crushed by the Packers without Devontae Adams last night. Makes you kind of wonder. It's just, is this just And the Raiders Rodgers? lit him up too. Yeah, the Raiders let him up too. Uh, I yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, Rogers looked great, and that's a huge story early in the year. That he's th- taking shots down the field, which is really different. 
But Kamara, I mean, the thing is, it's funny. Like in the first round, like, oh, just play it safe. Like Kamara has this like epidural and his contract thing. I don't know, you know. And I was nervous. I took, I wasted an eighth round pick. I wouldn't say wasted, but I took one on Latavius Murray. I was like, okay, I'm going to get Kamara. Here's what I'll do. Here's how I talked myself into it. I was like, I'll take Kamara, but then I'll make sure I reach like a round for Latavius Murray and, you know, just. I'll be all right. You know, if something happens to Kamara or holds out, I'll have like, you know, second round value in the first round or something with Murray in that system. Uh, and it wasn't necessary. It turns out, but it just goes to show when people are like, Oh, let's just be safe in the first round. Take Joe Mixon, take, you know, I like Nick Chubb, but I got him in the second round anyway, but Joe Mixon or whoever. And you're giving away so much to Kamara. You know, it's just, it's killing you. It's like you're, you're giving away, so many points. And that's what it was like last year. If you didn't have McCaffrey or we should talk about Eckler who had a huge game and I didn't like Eckler this season, but if you didn't have cook, Aaron Jones, McCaffrey, um, it's, uh, you know, that, that that's a, that's just a huge, huge giveaway from just like the ham and egg guy who gets you like nine touchdowns and a thousand yards. Yeah. I, I I'm pretty comfortable that, uh, Josh Jacobs going to have better days. You know, he's getting, I read something he's like, 12th and running back targets too you know they actually are living up to the promise of getting him more targets i like seeing that you know, it's just you know you just had the saints and the pats in back-to-back weeks there'll be better days yeah no i think so yeah but uh yeah it, it's kind of funny some of these things are already settling in like i was wrong about mixing it looks like um and it might not be because of the lack of skills the, the necessary skill set it's just that that the context is so awful Again, and I thought they had fixed that context last year, uh, and clearly they have not. Well, there's a few teams like that, right? Like the Giants, they drafted three offensive linemen. Thought, okay, this is going to get better. Andrew Thomas, fourth overall pick. The Browns signed, drafted a guy with the top 13 pick, and then also signed uh, Jack Conklin to play right tackle. And it's working. It's, you think so with the Browns, dude? Chubb's had two big games in a row. But Chubb's had big games all last year. It's Mayfield that they haven't really been able to. You know, it's not like he, they haven't protected him, but he's and, been pretty anything pedestrian. Anything that's a fallback is is due strictly to Mayfield and not. You think so? You think the line is significantly better this year? I absolutely do. I mean, Nick Chubb is running like with abandon right now. It helps that he's facing the Bengals and the re- and the football team. But but Nick Chubb ran for five point two yards per carry last year. So I I think Chubb is just like a ridiculous back. He, yeah, I, I mean, think he, he is too. I think he's awesome. And well, he's got five. Actually, so he's he's five point seven yards per carry through three games last year. Five rookie year, five point two. So I mean, it's even more. You know, it's three games. It's five point seven to five is not a big deal over three games. If he stays at five point seven for eight games, and you know that'll be something. But yeah. I'm glad I took Chubb. I mean, in round two. I mean, I could have had Aaron Jones, and maybe that would have been better in PPR, but probably would have because Chubb has only three catches. Yeah, but, one target in each game so far. Yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, that and is, that's not that that's not changing. That's not changing. No. But you know, I, I think Chubb's got a good chance to lead the league in touchdowns. It's going to be Cam Newton, Chubb, Josh Jacobs, maybe Zeke. Kamara has got a ton, also, yeah. but Could be he does. He's, it's not quite as reliable as you know as these these bangers. You know, Derrick Henry got his first two. He'll have a lot. I think you might be taking. You might have to take one of the L's in Odell Beckham Jr.'s name, though. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to get there. Really? Beckham is playing great. Like the, everyone watching Beckham is like, this guy's just, you know, yeah, tearing it up. Mayfield's the problem though. But Mayfield, as much as he's mediocre, 
can support a number one receiver. Like you don't have to be a good quarterback. I mean, think, think about, let's just think about some of these receivers that are really good with mediocre quarterbacks around the league. Like there's so many of them, you know, Keenan Allen had a, a really good year last, you know, a couple of years with rivers, like a past his peak rivers. Um, you know, you see like, uh, that's probably not even the best example of it. Um, you know, AJ green with Andy Dalton had monster years. You don't have to be Andy Dalton's good enough to support yeah. a, yeah, Top but he's had, he's had six targets each of the last two weeks. Yeah. Maybe they'll well, be different this week. They go to Dallas this upcoming week. Yeah, that's good. They like you know they played Washington, Cincinnati, and at Baltimore. They're all bad for their you know. He got ten targets against the Ravens, didn't do anything, but a lot of it was just bad throws by Mayfield, who's under pressure. And a bad drop by Beckham too on a third down once that that, that, oh, that was part. That was a drive killer. But so, but he but he's basically been good, and he had a big play against the Bengals. But they've they've had three games that were like Washington's sort of a, they didn't really need to do much except run over Washington mm-hmm. and then, and let Haskins implode Cincinnati. You know, we got a good game and that was Should've fine. A better game, but for, uh, you know, they didn't call that one PI if he does. And if Jackson doesn't grab his shirt, that's a touchdown. So right. could have been a two right. touchdown game. Yeah. Right. I get he it. drew it. I mean, whether they call it or not, uh, and you know, Baltimore stuff. So they get at Dallas, they get Indy at Pittsburgh. will be tough, but I mean, Beckham is the kind of guy that can they can win in those matchups too. I just don't know if Mayfield will have enough time to get it to him. But I, I'm not I'm not taking an L on Beckham. No way. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, here, here's one you're gonna I'm gonna take away the L from you on Darrell Henderson though, because you were on him. You've always been on him, and he's the man now. And granted, Acres didn't play, but Henderson looks the part. He looks oh, really good. good. 20 I know carries, 114 yards against the Bills, that touchdown. Uh, he, he had three targets each of the last two weeks. He looked great against the Eagles a week before, too. And it, it wasn't just like, you know, grinding it out with a lead. He was involved even last week against the Eagles early on. Even before Malcolm Brown had the pinky injury, he was he was very active. He looks really good. Yeah, last year I was on him because I thought Gurley was shot. Didn't think they would, you know, I thought his replacement just got drafted, and then they never used him. But they used him very rarely. But a couple of plays, I saw the guy was like shot out of a cannon. I was like, oh, this guy looks good. And then this year, I was a little bit on him because he was cheap. <laughs> he was more expensive last year. This year, he was cheap. Uh, everybody was betting on the other guys and not him. And uh, so I thought, you know, why not? He, he's quick. He's good. They probably want Akers because that's who they drafted. They did want Akers. Akers didn't play well and then got hurt. So now he's the guy. But um, yeah, we'll see. I think he could be a, a league winner by the way. on that, uh, primetime team that, you know, my best team, he's on my bench. I couldn't start him cause I have Taylor Chubb and Taylor Chubb and Camara on that team. Yeah. But, but it's good to, you know, someone's going to get hurt. So it's hopefully he's, he keeps going and I'll, I'll use him at some point. I, I did not start him in a league. Uh, and it gets to face your giants next. So that could be pretty good. Uh, and then at the football team after that. Uh, but I had a league where I have uh, McKinnon. Uh, I have, uh, I also have uh, David Montgomery. You know, it was a league for a long time that I was struggling to find starters. And then all of a sudden, oh, I got too many, you know, usable guys there. And just uh, did not uh, do anything. You know, I, I mean, I just, you know, I went from having not enough starters to like too many viable guys all at once. I had Jeff Wilson on my bench in that league, also Dynasty League. Uh, I was just trying to find a way to make it all work. Yeah, I, I like in the staff Dynasty League. It's the only one I'm in. 
Uh, my team's doing really badly. I think I'm going to be 0 3, but I just like it. Oh, it's a dynasty. No big deal. So I offered these trades. I offered good trades. Nobody's really biting, but like, I'm trying to trade Kenyon Drake. I'm trying to trade Jarvis Landry, you know, just for prospects. You know, just right. it's kind of fun being a football dynasty league where I'm like, oh, I don't care. It's a dynasty league. In my first pick, I picked eighth overall. And I picked Pat Mahomes because I thought, well, I don't know how long this legal lasts, but if it lasts 10 years, you know, if Mahomes is usually a, a second rounder, early third rounder, we'll have that guy for 10 years. You know, whereas like you get a running back in the first round three years from now, he's almost certainly not going to be a first rounder. Yeah, that's right. That's funny. Um, you know, you know, sometimes people don't want to trade in dynasty leagues. They feel like, oh, I've sca- you know, I, I, I put the time in, I, this is my guy, you know? Yeah. I was trying to trade for an injured AJ Brown and I was offering up like, you know, Kenyon Drake and some, uh, and like, you know, Jarvis Landry. Kenyon Drake. Let's talk about him. You know, we mentioned that on the, uh, XM show, his values just kind of crushed by Kyler Murray. Yeah. Murray's, he's kind of like Josh Allen. He doesn't, he's not built like Josh Allen. His game is, you know, it doesn't look like Josh Allen's, but it's kind of the same effect, right? I mean, he throws and he scrambles and he gets the goal line and, there's not a lot left for the running backs. Kenyon Drake is basically Devin Singletary, right? I mean, what's the difference? Yeah. 18 carries for 73 yards, uh, one target for six yards. You know, you know, he's just, you don't get it at the goal line. I mean, did you see that run by Murray though? How he uh, juked Akuda at the goal line? Yeah. I mean, it's quarterbacks don't juke DBs typically. Right. And he's lightning quick, but he's just so frenetic out there. It's so weird when he, even the pass to Isabella, the nice touchdown, it was like, he's like, running around and he like flips it. He like, it's like this weird flip. Yeah. I'm like, he's just chucking that. And then all of a sudden it drops right into Isabel's hands in the corner of the end zone. It's like, wow, that was a good throw. But he, it's so weird the way the guy plays. I've never seen a quarterback be so frenetic. Yeah. By the way, this past week might've been the first week you could have conceivably start both started as Andy Isabella and gotten value for him. Yeah. I, I have him in a couple of I dropped him in a couple after week one, but Kirk got hurt. But apparently Isabella was pretty low in uh, snaps still. Like he got out snapped by like Keyshawn Johnson and yeah. some other scrub on the team. So I don't know what the problem is. He's a second year receiver taking the second round. He's made big plays. Even last year he had some big plays. Do you think it's blocking? Just, I think that happens a lot. He's some of these him and Nicole Hardman both. I feel like they don't get on the field as much because they're not blocking downfield, and that's like a big part of their offense. That, or it's maybe like you know, there's just the route tree's not. It's not very strong with that. He's just like this kind of freak athletic guy, but he's not polished at all. I could see that, but five nine one eighty eight. Usually, you can run some routes if you're a pro receiver taking the second round, right? Like he is fast. I mean, he could have been. He's a four three one guy, so he's really fast. So. Mm-hmm. But he's not sick, you know. I could see like if you were six three, two twenty, and ran a four three one. Maybe you're not that polished because you got by on just pure pure physical dominance. But Isabel is just fast, you know. He's he's otherwise very small. Yeah. So and he's actually I think he could block because he's five nine one eighty eight. I mean, you know, he guys like most of the small fast receivers are five ten one eighty five. You know, he's a little stouter than some of these guys. Right. I don't know. I, it could be blocking. You're right. It could be Demarcus Robinson gets on the field because he knows how to block. And it makes sense. I mean, you know, those NFL coaches know some things. Like they know, right. look, you know, we run the ball. There's a wide receiver block might give us an extra half yard per carry and, you know, on the side we run it to. Or, you know, if, if another wide receiver catches it, you know, there might just be all sorts of things that are involved in it. But I don't know, man. You get these guys in the second round, they make some plays, get them on the field. Yeah. Sometimes we hear, though, like, 
oh, this guy's an offensive genius, and then it's Adam Gaze. Other times, it actually is true, like Kyle Shanahan or you know Andy, Andy Reid. I think I think we can pretty safely put him in the in the the legit category. Yeah, that's right. I know it's so funny. Like Adam Gaze was like, oh, he's Peyton Manning's quarterback coach, fifty-five touchdown team. Oh, he knows what he's doing. So weird. He got out of Peyton Manning's way, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he might have contributed in some bizarre way, you know. And yeah, a lot of coordinators when, you, when he has Peyton Manning running the offense for him. That right? Yeah. Okay, that's right. Uh, you know, my friend was is a high school basketball coach, and he goes to like coaches' clinics. And he went to Bob Huggins's clinic, and they were learning about the press, like learning how he runs his press. Right? Uh, you know, he used to coach uh, Cincinnati, and I was at yeah, West Virginia. I know, I know Bob. He's always like, you know, he had Kenyon Martin at the top of the press. He goes, well, first of all, you put your 6'6 guy, uh, 6'10 guy here, athletic 6'10 guy right here. It's like, oh, okay. So you have a 6'10 athletic guy. Okay, great. You know, great. It's a lot easier to run a press when you have that. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right. Quick note from our sponsor, Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is a fantasy sports stock market on which you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. Ever heard someone say, I've had stock in this player since day one? Well, now, Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. You had stock in Patrick Mahomes in his rookie year? You knew this would happen? Now it's a reality. Create a portfolio of all your favorite athletes and get closer to the game than ever before. To get started, simply visit PredictionStrike.com to create an account. Then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. Each game is like an earnings report. If the player beats his projections, his stock moves up. It's that easy. You can trade your shares of players at any time, as long as the player isn't currently in a game. Get started today by visiting PredictionStrike.com and sign up with code ROTOWIRE to get an additional $10 with your first deposit of $20 or more. Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss on uh, Monday the 28th, breaking down a lot of the week three action. A uh, couple other things I want to talk about. So I, I, I crushed in Survivor this week. I, I did not fear the underdog. I will not survive. I had the Chargers and the Cardinals. I split them up amongst them. You, when you faded the Colts, you went with the Pats. You were smarter than I was, and that hurts me to say that, but it's true. Uh, the Chargers, that was an infuriating ending. Did you see the play at the end of the game? I probably did, but remind me, refresh so, my memory. Uh, com- completion to to, uh, to Allen, Keenan Allen. They tried the old hook and ladder uh, to Austin Eckler, and it would have worked. It was he just couldn't come up with the toss. He fumbled the toss on the hook and ladder. Uh, it was it was there. It was open. If you look at like the overhead view, I think they, he would have scored on that. Uh, so that was pretty infuriating. Now they still might have lost, but. It's just it was just a very Chargers thing. Like you know, before the two minute warning, they like they let they let forty seconds go by, and didn't call the, the like they didn't call their last timeout. Instead, let them run one or let them run one more play. They got the stop and it was fourth down after the two minute warning. Instead, and so they could have had the timeout and the two minute warning, and they would have and actually they would have won on that play. We didn't even have had to go for two. It was twenty one sixteen. So yep. super infuriating. It just wasted time. Ugh, just disgusting. Yeah, NFL, I mean, I was just thinking about it, how much just disgusting stuff happens in a game. Like just even the Saints, even though like I could probably say that the Packers are the right side, you know, Saints were my best bet. It was a tie game. They stuffed the Packers on fourth down. Huge play. It was a bad spot. They get it reviewed. They get the ball back. And they try some 
like fake pitch from fake handoff from Taysom Hill and he gets stripped. Oh. And it's like, you know, it's all fun and games till someone loses an eye. It's like, oh yeah, it's Taysom Hill. How fun. This is so cool. This like random weapon we use, you know, everyone loves it, but they lost. I mean, it was like four or five minutes left and they were midfield. Maybe it was more than that. Maybe there's eight minutes left, but they were midfield tie game. And that just killed them, man. It was just, it was just such a killer. And I don't know. Just like, there's a lot of stupid stuff in the NFL. It just how it goes. Yeah, there is. It is. Uh, and it's, it's mega frustrating. And when you see like, you know, Anthony Lynn two weeks in a row, do things like that, whether it's not calling timeouts or not going for it on fourth and short and, and overtime against the chiefs of all people, it just it drives me crazy. Started the Bengals game, Bengals Eagles first quarter, Twice they punted from Eagles territory. First time was like fourth and four, fourth and five. Okay, fine. The next time it's fourth and two, from, or maybe one and a half even from the Eagles 47. And I, and I forget the commentator's name, the analyst. It wasn't Spiro. Uh, it was, his, co- it was the, his co-host or whatever. And uh, I could look it up, but I, I don't want to give him his I, I don't know. I could find, figure it out. But the uh, point is, he's like, I can't imagine the Bengals going for it here. And then the punt team trots out, yeah, that's the smart thing. It's like they're, they're just like so conditioned. Oh, let's do the safe thing. Oh, let's be in this. You know, I can't imagine trying anything risky. The Bengals were four for four on fourth downs the week before. They have Joe Burrow. They spent their first round pick on him. Use them in this situation. That's not the strength of your team is not the ability to stop the Eagles. And, you know, yes, the Eagles stopped themselves a lot of times. The Bengals generated a pass rush. But still, it was funny. Like it was deep in the fourth quarter. At halftime, Miles Sanders had 10 carries for 70 yards. He ended up with 13 carries at some point late in the fourth quarter, and they're losing. It's like, what's wrong with you people? It's just, ah. And yet, you know, oh, I can't imagine them trying for it on fourth down. Yeah, I can't imagine that. You know, it's weird, though, especially like that job, but also like the NFL. I was thinking Breeze rolled out on a play. It was probably like second and 10 or something. Maybe it was first and 10. Rolled out, scrambling. Nothing was there, and he just tossed it to the sideline. He was out of the pocket, just, just threw it out of bounds. He was still like probably like six feet from the nearest defender, but you know he's not going to like break a tackle or anything. So he's just like, all right, just calmly just tossed it away, went back to the line of scrimmage. And so for you know a lot of people, that's like, oh, that's smart play. Like didn't take a loss, didn't try to make something crazy happen and fumble, just got rid of it. You know, mm-hmm. lived to fight another day. And it's kind of like a sign of maturity in a lot of ways, where you. Just say, oh no, I don't need to. I don't have this immediate gratification need to make the amazing play under difficult. I'm just gonna, you know, take a, a mild loss and you know take a mild negative play, an incomplete pass, and come back and make a better play. And that mindset is good, typically, right? Because these guys are all crazy athletes, but like it's learning the discipline. There's so many just terrible mistakes where you're like, Rivers, no, just you know, just be cool. And these like pros just toss it away, like don't even think about it. Um, and I think like. You know, a lot of these, it's just like in the NFL, it's a lot of it's like, okay, let's just, uh, let's not do the crazy thing. Let's just calm down and, and, and be consistent. And I, I think like, like how you used rivers as your example. That was really, uh, rivers is so, it's just like, dude, just don't rivers. No. You know? Yeah. It's just like, don't do it. And what's funny is cause he like, he's a veteran quarterback and he should fit the profile of the guy who tosses it away, but he doesn't. And it's to his detriment. And I think the coaches like a lot of them just, they, they got where they are by this discipline. You know, they, they don't, if you're, if you're angry at the boss, you don't just let loose in the meeting, you know, you just calmly, you know, all this stuff, like the whole careerism, the whole maturity and dealing with these, um, managing people. It's just like, 
it's all right. Just take the loss. And, and so they're also conditioned and then like, especially like that announcer job. I mean, you, you can't be really, you gotta be a company guy to get that job. You know, that's a real, unless you're like Al Michaels and you're just really good. Uh, you're just pretty much some dude who like, you know, did the jobs, you know, was, was polite and friendly and inoffensive. So to them, it's just, I just think it's all part and parcel. It's like, Oh yeah, just do this. Of course. No, that's the smart thing. It's like they're re reaffirming their whole way of life when they say that, you know, and, and the, now that we have more, uh, you know, advanced tools and, and the math behind it, we can easily study the stuff. We'd say, well, now this is one where you got to try something, you got to do something. And, and you see it with some court, you know, Rogers to a fault was kind of that guy the last couple of years. He just, you know, not thrown to traffic, take the incomplete pass, toss it away, never throw an interception. And this year he's not making mistakes either, but he's attacking down the field. And I feel like that, you know, you can definitely like, um, you definitely like sort of crush the life, the soul out of somebody if they become too mature, too like, oh no, I'm smart, I'll punt, I'll throw it away, you know. And, and I feel like I don't know if that was why Rodgers became like that, but it's good to see the old guy. Even though I have no shares, and I thought there was no upside to him, and you stridently faded him too. Not just merely didn't have him. Oh, I missed out because it's a quarterback. We only roster one quarter. No, you you were outright against. I had him at 21. I had 21 among quarterbacks, and. So it was way in the industry had him at like 12 or something. And I was like, this industry is crazy. Like, well, there's no, he doesn't run much anymore. And he doesn't throw down the field. Like, what do you want? 26 touchdowns and two picks and, you know, hundred rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. How are you going to, why are you going to get that with no upside? And it's funny because, so I, I really didn't think there was upside. I mean, it's been like years since he's been you know doing this. And, you know, they didn't get a receiver. They got Devin Funches who opted out. Like, it's like, there's no reason it should have improved, but um, but it, it goes to show, and I, I read a thread of this on Twitter where, you know, everybody making trades or drafting ADP in the NFFC or something is, is probably most of them are smart people. You know, they're not idiots. Most of them, mm-hmm. any trade and you buy a stock or buy an option, the guy on the other side of that trade is smart. And he thinks the opposite of what you think. Otherwise you wouldn't have a trade. And anyone putting Rogers at 12 or 11 or 10 among quarterbacks, when I've got him at 21, it's like, they have a reason. And I was just like, I did not even see it. I was like, why? Why would you want a guy who has just such a modest ceiling, a quarterback where you just need to find ceiling? And, you know, this guy was writing about it. Like, if you don't see the other side of the trade, then you probably shouldn't make the trade. Like, if you don't understand where the other person is coming from in, in a trade, then you shouldn't make it because you don't really understand the trade. Missing, you might, if you, yes. if you truly understand where they're coming from and still disagree, that's when you make the trade. But if you just are like, what are they even thinking? This is moronic, uh, which is kind of how I felt about Rodgers. Often you're wrong about it because it's that. It's but like not always. Missing. Sometimes like the whole what the hell are they thinking mindset is correct. Uh, you know, just, you know, there's a few you know, spitball examples like Adam Gaze going to the Jets. Pretty much everybody thought that was going to be a disaster from day one. And it was. It has been. He could get fired, right, but the other, but the other side of the trade on that was not like a, a smart market. It was like the Jets ownership, you know. It's yeah, like, yeah. you I, know, I, but I, I've been I mean, like a market, like an ADP market, like an ADP market, where it's like, yeah, you know, a lot of people, not just like one crackpot owner. That that's not really. I mean, like it's a market, and there's like people on the other side of this trade, and and you, and you're just like, why do you want a guy with no upside? And they must have been. It's the second year in the in what's his name's offense. And it's, you know, he's still got the arm strength and 
Devonte Adams was hurt for, I don't know what the case was. Cause I still like can barely see it. It's like, for me, it's like he just shockingly started attacking again yeah. after not doing it for five years. And so, okay. I just didn't see it coming. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, I'm, I'm the one that famously said, Oh, I see no upside in Rick Porcello. And then he wins the Cy Young. Well, I, I still think that there wasn't anyone on the other side of that trade really. I mean, there was like, it, he wasn't expensive. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, he wasn't enough. He was getting overdrafted. How about that? No. Yeah. yeah well, but I, I, no, I get it. Like you're obviously wrong in how it panned out. Um, but like his, you know, wins, anybody can get a lot of wins, right? Like that's mm-hmm. easy. Like, like wins are like, okay, you got a lot of run support and you just kind of got a little lucky with the bad bit, but you held your ERA down. So you got run support while not allowing runs to get wins. The, the rest of the peripherals were, were good. They were like, you know, probably the top of his range, but it wasn't like he, you know, to me, like if, if Porcello turned into Justin Verlander, then you'd be like, holy crap, I got that wrong. Right. Him and winning the Cy like Young getting wins. prospect. He was there yeah. at one point. But he didn't just suddenly turn into Verlander, right? That would be something different. Like, so I guess, anyway, yeah, I mean, I guess you could use that as an example. I, I just think Rodgers is a good one because I really did not see the other side of that trade. I was like, that's just, that's just stupid. Like, what are they doing? You know, and, and so, yeah, that's, I probably should have at least, that you want to understand what they're thinking, understand what you're thinking. And be like, yeah, but the thing they're missing is this. But I totally understand why it would seem that way. Or I totally understand why they would do it. I was like, there's no reason to do this. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that that's right. Um, oh, but yeah. I, I, every once in a while, I, you know, the, yeah, I, I guess that, that is the thing is trying to find the, the, why the smart person is doing it. You know, I will, I'll give you a, it's a tiny example. Um, the, the Rays. Uh, last year, who was the first base prospect they traded to the Indians? Uh, that were Yandy Diaz. Yandy Diaz. No, they got Diaz. I'm saying who they. Oh, uh, oh, they trade. Oh, right. Yeah, who the hell was that? I can't remember Bowers? the guy's name no, anymore. Not Bowers. Yeah, Jake Bowers. Jake Bowers. 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 Yes. And I'm like, how are they? T- they're getting Plural. a Bowers for Yandy Diaz? Really? Yeah. Oh, that worked out pretty well. You know, Jake, Jake Bowers didn't get in a single at bat this year. Even the the Indians are like, who were desperate for offense. Had no had didn't have any any need for him this year, which just tells you that okay, the Rays the same thing with the Evan Longoria trade. You know how are they trading away Evan Longoria? They're just tearing apart the franchise. Oh, oh, okay, they're smart. Okay, get it. Uh, They trade away future for all the best prospects of the Pirates. Yeah, yeah. There's nobody was questioning that one, but yeah, no, I, I hear you. I mean. Right. Sometimes, you know, well, first of all, teams also know stuff about their player. Sometimes, sometimes they don't, they just make an idiotic trade, but teams often just, they're like, Oh, like this guy's got a bad work ethic or this guy's got some sort of psychological issue that we don't want to deal with. You know, like there's a lot of that stuff that teams know that, you know, that might not be apparent. That's right. But and, and it's just a small example, but it's just that yeah, you have to kind of dig a little deeper there, and you'll figure it out. And uh, or or maybe you'll just have to wait. In many other cases, you can't find it just as an obvious. Okay, I dug deep and I could still couldn't find it. There still must there must be something there. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I mean, yeah, I don't agree that everybody who's smart has a, has a good take. It's just that no, they don't always should, have a good take. But either. you should at least understand, like, really, not just be like ah, idiotic. Like that's. You should be like, no, they, they see, I mean, I understood who Aaron Rodgers is. It's just, I could not see 
just couldn't see it, you know. So maybe it's one of those cases where I should have been more uh, like with Breeze. I understood the other. I wasn't on Breeze either, but I understood the other side of it. Like the efficiency was so high, the touchdown per attempt was so high, the efficiency, the system was so good. Even though he doesn't run, he doesn't have a ton of attempts. Right. That I could. That was a case that I could see and say no. I just think that's not sustainable for him. Or if it is sustainable, that the ceiling is modest. Right. So. All right. Um, anything else you want to riff on from week three? Anything else you're yeah, working on? Eckler. Eckler. Well, yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to do for East Coast offense, which is always, I always like to know right away, and I'm not sure yet. But Eckler, I was really down on, and I was like, I wasn't like dunking, and I wasn't like spiking the football or anything after the first couple of games, but he had carries, but his, his reception, one catch for three yards in week one, one target. He, even though. Week two, he had 455, still just four targets, right? So he's got only four targets, five targets for two games. Yeah, he got a lot of early down work, but Joshua Kelly even had more work against the Chiefs than he did, and Kelly was in the game late. But last week really makes me need to take the L on Eckler because 11 targets, 11 catches, 40, 84 yards, 12 carries and a touchdown. That's the ideal split for Eckler. If Eckler can get 12 carries and, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11 of his lucky catches – He's going to be, you know, sort of the poor man's Camara. So th- that's really, you know, and and then you get him, you know, at the turn rather than a pick, you know, four or three or wherever people took Camara. Um, that really is a good value. So, um, I, I, and the difference was Tyrod Taylor to Justin Herbert. It's like night and day. That that nothing could have been better for, um, for Eckler and the people who drafted him than unfortunately uh, Tyrod Taylor getting a bad injection because. Herbert likes to check down and who's this guy. And it's, and Eckler's really good at that. Yeah. Two other things happened in this game too. One, Joshua Kelly lost a fumble in the second quarter, directly led to uh, the Panthers scoring their lone touchdown of the game, made it a two score game. And that, that was the other part. The Chargers were behind almost the entire game. You know, from, from the opening drive, I think that it was, you know, it was like three, nothing, six, nothing. I think they took a lead at seven, six, and then, that was it, and then the Carolina scored again. Uh, you know, scored a field, made it nine seven, and they got the the uh, the touchdown, to make it fifteen seven. All of a sudden, and all of a sudden, like they had a lead, and they just kept on, you know, kept on stretching it out, and so they had to throw more. They were playing from behind, so that's the other thing. Game flow was another problem. Uh, I would say it's a better week this upcoming week. They play Tampa Bay. It's a better week for Eckler oh. than it is Kelly too, because it's hard to run between the tackles against Tampa Bay and. You know, they probably have to throw to try to beat them. Yeah, Kamara didn't do a ton either, though, as a receiver. He, they're, they're tough against running backs, As period. a runner, he didn't do a ton. He, he caught a lot of passes. Did he, he caught a lot, but did he get a lot of yards, though? I think he got a couple of touchdowns, but he was uh, – I thought they kind of stuffed him yardage-wise. Let me let me take a look. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it'll, it'll be a good matchup for him. We'll see, see how he does. But I, I would be – I don't like the Bucks matchup for – No, I don't like most, it either. It's a bad matchup. They're, they're one of the better defenses in football. So he had, he, had five, he had five catches for 51 yards and a touchdown, Kamara. Eight targets. That's not too bad. Yeah. 12 for 16 on the ground, but he got that one touchdown there too. So yeah. pretty darn good fantasy day. Uh, Kamara is just such a beast. I mean, he's had, he's, had, uh, seven, he's had 31 targets for three games. That's crazy. That is just crazy. Uh, and now they get Detroit this upcoming week. The chances are they'll probably have a lead at least, so it'll be a little different. Uh, the game flow will be different. You know, the last two games they were chasing in the second half, which meant he was getting all the targets late. Yeah, that was Camara is just. 
I watched the guy play and it's like so easy. The points he's getting, Oh, there's nine yards, a little nine yard catch. Oh, here's a little toss from three feet away that he gets eight yards on play after play. You're like, this is in PPR leagues. It's just like to ching, to ching, to ching. Like it's just ringing up points for you. Like you can't even believe it. Like it's, right. it's, the, it's the easiest, it's the easiest points ever. And even on the runs, he'll, he broke like a long run. It's just, he just, and he breaks tackles. He's kind of like a, a Barry Sanders. Like he's always makes that first guy miss. He makes guys miss and he's just got such good balance. He just yeah. doesn't really get knocked off his base for he, you know, he's five ten two fifteen. He is not slight. People think of, he's like Eckler, you know, who's five ten two hundred. 200 kind of stout. You know, Barry Sanders was like five, eight, two Oh five or whatever, five, seven, two Oh five. And he was stout, you know, a thick legs. Like he, he had a really strong base and he just, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't knock. He's like a bowling ball. They couldn't knock him off. And a lot of guys, when they go to tackle, they just hit, they just try to knock you off balance. They're not always wrapping up, especially in the open field. When things are moving fast, you can't wrap. You just pop a guy and you pop Camara and he just kind of bounces sideways and keeps his balance and keeps running. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah, uh, man, this is, yeah, he, yeah, he is just so good. And if I, I, I think the only place I got him was like the best ball. I was either drafting, I think I drafted second once, and then I was he was always taken before me in a, almost every other draft. And I, I was drafting later in most of my other drafts. And I, granted, I had auctions and I didn't buy them there, so that's on me, I suppose. But yeah, it's it's good. It's so interesting because we're like, oh, Camara, Eckler, these are the winning picks. It's doing so well, but like, there's gonna be injuries three weeks from now. <laughs> like half these guys are gonna be right. Uh, it was a good pick, but he's out for the year now. So this other guy's a good pick instead. That's right. Any other uh, parting thoughts? No, that's it. I I just hope people appreciated the Colts Jets game for what it was. You had two of the all time compilers facing off Frank Gore, who just continues to rack up yards pointlessly to pad those career stats, the the heights unknown and Philip rivers, who is, you know, 60,000 passing yards and 400 touchdowns and, barely ever wins in the playoffs and has given away so many games, but man, those guys compile career stats and it was just a beautiful thing to see them face off against each other. Yeah. Gore 15 for 57, one for five. That's, that's a very Frank Gore like number, uh, but it just adds to his career, yeah. like m- massing these career totals. You know I mean? He's just, he's going to be like, you know, he's way up there. He's like in the top five already. So yeah, that's right. I would say one other thing. I mean, the Eagles got big problems with Carson Wentz. I mean, he made that scramble at the end. Uh, they, they, he engineered two good two-minute drills, but just so many other times he was missing guys, and his line's not helping him either. They, they've got some real problems. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Something, something's off. Like Wentz looks healthy. He's he's been like fiercely running the ball and looks like competitive, but throw an accurate pass. Have some timing. Like what's going on here? Like why are you? Why is he so off? Right. And the fact that Doug Peterson has to ask whether he's going to bench him or not speaks volumes. I mean, to answer that question, yeah, well, it's also because Jalen Hurts is like, after Lamar Jackson, it's like, let's get, you know, let's get a guy who can bring some excitement to this team. Well, check out their schedule, too. Next, at San Francisco, at Pittsburgh, home against Baltimore. All right, so they're going to get crushed in those, and then Hertz will take over like week eight and like get the Giants, get Giants. twice, Dallas, yeah. Dallas, and the Giants. And Washington's not bad, but they're not good, you know, defensively. So right. yeah, right. And it uh, it is really heavily slanted uh, these next few weeks. So he's got to show something. Man, uh, bad time to own Carson Wentz. That's for sure. 
All right, that's going to wrap up today's podcast. Uh, thanks, everybody, listening. Coming up tomorrow, uh, we got uh, Joe and Jake doing their Tuesday gig, uh, helping you with waiver wires, among many other options uh, for us there. So thank you, as always, for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review. Have a great day.